Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, January the 19th, 2023, and uh, we are continuing our readings through the New Testament this year, and so we're in the third week of the year, and uh, today we are in John chapter 4. Tomorrow, we won't be on, but on your own. Read, or sometime over the weekend, read John 5, and that'll keep you on track with us. Uh, So this week, we've read uh, Mark 2, and then John 2, yesterday John chapter 3, and today John 4. And we're tracking along, so that we'll be through the, read through the entirety of the New Testament this year. We did this once before together. Um. And um, the entire Bible is just too much. It's too much for us to do all together. It'd be like four chapters of reading. That would be a lot to do together, especially you know you're in you're you're lot lot you know locked in Lamentations or something. That's a lot. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning, Molly. Great to have you guys on. Let's uh, let's do it. Mark uh, John, the Gospel of John. Chapter four. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Yeah. Let's do it. Good morning, Greg. I love this uh story. John chapter four. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard. <laughs> Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard. So Jesus found out that they had heard about this had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. The Pharisees were like, what was that about? Let's try to cause a little division. Uh, but anyway, so he left Judea and went back uh, once more to Galilee. So Jesus isn't interested in having a, you know, a, a competition with uh, John. He wants to make sure that there's unity among them, that they're on the same team. So Jesus leaves Judea, goes back to Galilee, leaves the south where Jerusalem is, goes north. Now he, and between those two, between Judea and Galilee, is the region of Samaria. So it says, now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. A lot has been said about the fact that, you know, there was a very popular route from Judea to Galilee, from the south to the north, that bypassed Samaria because, um, the Jews considered Samaritans unclean. And so just to avoid that, you know, that part of town, so to speak, let's not go through that part of town. And so to avoid that part of town, uh, take the highway, take the byway, <laughs> take the bypass. And so um, there was a bypass that went around Samaria, but Jesus, nah, uh, 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 uh. now he had to go through Samaria, verse 5. 
So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Okay. So here he is going through Samaria, and he stops. I mean, I know he's tired and all, but come on, man. Can't you push through and get on through Samaria first? Once you get through Samaria, you can stop at the rest stop. Don't stop. Don't take no, don't take no, don't stop at the 7-Eleven in Samaria. But um, Jesus stops at the well there. It was about noon. So it was hot. Hottest point of the day. About that time, a Samar- when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Hmm. So Samaritan woman comes out noon to draw water, and Jesus says, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate, this is John's parenthetical note here, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. John's filling it in why she said that. Well, because Jews don't associate with Samaritans. That's, that's why she said, how can you ask me for a drink? How can you even speak to me? Much less ask a, requ- uh, a, uh, a request of me. The, um, the schism between the Samaritans and the Jews was pretty deep. I mean, it was, uh, it was not only um, ethic or ethnic uh, it was also religious. Um, it all relates back to uh, when there was a ba- uh, the Babylonian invasion and an exile, and the people, the Jews that remained in in uh, the holy in that region, intermingled and married with the uh, people that worshipped pagan idols and the people that did not follow Yahweh, and so they adopted their customs, not only just their their way of life, but also in probably more offensive, uh, their religion. And so they ended up building their own temple uh, in Samaria uh, that that uh, that competed with the temple in in uh, Jerusalem. And so at one point uh, in the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem, some Samaritans asked to help rebuild the temple, and they were refu- They were uh, they were uh, prohibited from doing so. They were prohibited. Nope, Mm-mm, you're unclean. You ain't you ain't building the temple. <laughs> so it was deep, man. It was deep, deep uh, disdain, uh, you know, for uh, in in um, uh, it's kind of like the in some court places like the Lebanese and the Syrians. Uh, there's a there's you know because there's just a lot of um, hurt and pain to some degree, even hatred. Um, And so um, the Samaritan woman um, said, how could you ask me for a drink? Uh, Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, what's the gift of God? And who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The gift of God, what is Jesus? It's a relationship with Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. It's having um, forgiveness and new life. What's the, what's the gift of God? The gift of his new life. 
new creation in Jesus. If you knew, the, who, you knew that gift that was available to you, you would have asked for a drink, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? I don't need to go anywhere to get it. I am living water. You know what I'm saying? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? So she's thinking, again, literal, the, the actual well. Where, where can I get this living water, this living fresh water that I'd never have to come back to this well of shame again? There's a lot of hypothesis there about why this woman was drawing water at noon. That was not typical. People, uh, water would generally be fetched in the morning or in the evenings, in the cool parts of the day, not at high noon in the, in the most uh, uh, difficult time to do it. And likely, she did it to avoid having to talk to anybody. When, when can I go when no one's there? When, I, when can I go to Walmart when no one else is there? Well, like two in the morning, maybe. Well, I know the crazy people come out too, too, so that, I don't know if that's true. Uh, but anyway, she's thinking, how, when, I can, when can I go to the well when, there's not a, when I won't have to face the shame and, and just have to talk to anybody? Well, noon is a good time because nobody wants to fetch water in the hot of the day. So Jesus says, or anyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. That is the water that is out of, out of Jacob's well, the literal well. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will, come, uh, will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Wow. So I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you, I can give you water. I can give you an infilling a, 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 a of uh, the Holy Spirit that. Uh, We'll begin now with refreshing and renewal, but we'll continue on into everlasting life. The woman says, sir, give me this water so that I won't have to get thirsty and won't have to keep coming to draw water. Please, if there's a way for me, for me to avoid having to deal with this shame and regret and um, being ostracized and humiliated, please. So Jesus shifts a little bit. He says, go, go, call your husband and come back. Jesus is, uh, is uh, he's starting to meddle, starting, starting to meddle a little bit now. Now you're meddling, Jesus. You know, you're meddling, meddling with people's business. <laughs> Meet my needs, do what I want you to do, but don't start messing with my business. Huh? How many people deal with that, deal, treat Jesus like that? Jesus, meet all my needs, you know, bless me, bless me, bless me, but don't start meddling with my business. Don't be, don't be starting asking me difficult questions. Don't start getting the whole all, all up in my business. Don't be asking me about my finances. Don't be asking about my relationships. Don't be asking me about my attitude. Just get, just bless me. Just give me some water. Give me some living water. She says, no, no, no. Um, go get your husband. And she says, I have no husband. Ha, Jesus said. You're right when you say you got no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Wow. So Jesus just low. I mean, he just, he letting you know, I know your whole life. I know the shame. I know the hardship. I know the failed relationships. I know the difficulties you're going through. I know um, all the heartbreak. Um, and so when you say there you have no husband, I get what you're saying, but I also know, I know it's deeper than that. And so right here, Jesus is probably touching on the very thing that is most sensitive to her, uh, and it's probably called her, caused her the most pain in her life, failed relationships. 
Verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Okay, so now she, she, gonna, she wants to talk about religion. Um, I can see that you're a prophet. There's no one who would have known I had all these relationships, prior relationships that had failed, and have known that I'm living with a guy right now that's not my husband. No one would have known that had they not been a prophet. God, you're, God is clearly at work in your life. Uh, but there's a problem here because, I mean, I know God's at work in your life, but we worship a different God than you do. <laughs> we worship differently. You worship in Jerusalem. We worship in Samaria. So I don't know if I can receive this word from you because, you know, we have different religious backgrounds. Jesus is like, it ain't time for that. Jesus is like, it ain't time for that. It's time for the truth. Ain't time for what religion you come from, from what background you come from. Ain't time for that. It's time for the truth. Verse 21. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain, the one in Samaria, nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers, come on now, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Hmm. He's not looking for. He ain't worried about your background. He ain't worried about you know your religious uh, hangups. There's a time coming when God is seeking worshipers, worshipers who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Forget what mountain you worship on. Forget that stuff. That's not the most important thing. What's important is are you worshiping God in spirit and in truth? In truth, what's truth? The truth is salvation came from the Jews. The truth is the living water, the living water giver is right there in her presence, right in her, right in front of her. So now has the day has come when God is seeking true worshipers. Hmm. Are we true worshipers? Do we worship God in spirit and in truth? Do we get up? Can we get hung up on um, form and? style and tradition and fail to see that God is seeking worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, through the Holy Spirit. Those are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, verse 24, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. That's an interesting kind of thought. I don't know if we have time to unpack it, but what does it mean to worship in the Spirit? Hmm. You know that? That's something you want to think about. What does it mean for me to worship in the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit? What does it mean for me to worship in the Holy Spirit? Uh, well, we know what the opposite of that is, and that would be to worship in the flesh. <laughs> okay, so it's not that. It's the, everything that worshiping in the flesh would be, worshiping in the Holy Spirit, is opposite of that. And worshiping in the Holy Spirit, what, are the, what, are the, what does it mean to worship in the Holy Spirit? It means to, um, you think about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you know, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness gentleness, self-control, worshiping God in a spirit of holiness, 
spirit of um, truth, spirit of um, love and goodness and kindness and justice. Worshiping through the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, not out of flesh uh, and desire, but out of a spirit of humility and uh, worship of God and in truth. Like what's true? What, what does God's word say? What does God say? Worshiping in the spirit and in truth. Well, there's a lot to think about with that. Verse 25, the woman said, I know that Messiah called the Christ is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Ooh, you're looking at him. The one you've been waiting on, you're looking at him. Um, the the uh, There's so many cool uh, kind of uh, um, parallels here. The, so the woman is at the well, a literal well, but she's also not only at a physical well, but she's at the wellspring of life, which is Jesus. So the woman at the well is speaking to the well, <laughs> if you will. He, Jesus is the well, and out of him, that well is a wellspring of life, life-giving water. Um, that is the Holy Spirit also. The longest uh, discourse um, with, of Jesus with someone is right here, with the woman at the, at the well. Verse 27, Jesus then, uh, just I'm sorry, just then, his disciples returned, and they were surprised to find him talking, to, talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? They were scared. They're like, I don't know. He, Jesus is doing the Father's business here. I don't even know. Then, leaving her water jar, hmm, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, um, I don't know, that, that image strikes me, right? Like, she leaves the water jar behind. Like, she went to, the, she went to that well to get water. So, so she's going back without water. But she isn't going back without water, is she? She's going back with living water. She, she, she in some sense, uh, in a, in a powerful, real sense, she doesn't need that water jar anymore. <laughs> that that water jar is not really what she, in the grand scheme of God's sovereignty, He led her to that well that day, not to get not to get physical water. Come on now, in the grand scheme of God's sovereignty, He led her to that well that day to receive living water. And she she filled up. <laughs> she filled up. She all she don't even need that other water. She left that other water jar there. I mean, what an image! Like a, if you could take a snapshot of a of a water jar laid over on its side, empty, and um, this idea like she just left it behind. That's not the priority anymore. I mean, of course she needs water to live, right? But that's not the priority anymore. It's not the priority anymore. It's that she has now a, a, a renewed, life-giving relationship with God through Jesus. So leaving the water jars, she, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Look at her. She'd be an evangelistic, man. She's just going back being an evangelist. She's not ashamed anymore. She says, I got some news to tell you. So she runs back and she tells them they came out to the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him. Rabbi, eat something. Take care of yourself. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. 
You ever been so uh, zeroed in on something that you're like, I, I don't, I ain't worried about food right now. I'm not, the food is not what's important to me. I'm zeroed in. I'm doing what I need to be doing. That's how Jesus is. It's like, that's, food is not my concern right now. I, I, there's food that I'm receiving from, from God right now. Just that's um, way more important than physical food. I'll be all right physically. Don't worry about that. Verse 33. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? <laughs> Jesus says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Woo. Mm. What's my food? Jesus says, my food is to finish the work of God. That's what I'm, you know, in, in, in sports, it's like, you know, a running back who, who's, you know, doing well. He's like, I want to eat. I want to eat. It means give me the ball, man. Let me run with it. Give me the ball. I'm doing, I, I, I got this. Let me eat. Let me eat. That's what Jesus is saying right here. He said, let me eat. <laughs> I got work to do. Give me the ball. Let me eat. <laughs> and you, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look to the fields. Mm, I love this. They are ripe for harvest. Mm. What is Jesus saying? He's saying this woman, this Samaritan woman who has just been so overjoyed to find new life in, in me, in Jesus. There, there are people like that all around us. Jesus is saying to, to them, and he's saying to us, open your eyes. There are Samaritan, quote-unquote, Samaritan women and men all around us. They are ripe for harvest. They are in need of hope. They are in need of love. They are in need of the good news of Jesus. They are in need, need of a fresh start. <laughs> harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvest a crop of eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and other reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. He's saying, man, God, God, there's so much that's been done before, before you got here. Go and bring in the harvest. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Man. She's just telling her story. He told me everything I'd ever, I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him. Look at this. The Samaritans are asking a Jewish man to stay there. You know God's at work. They urged him to stay with them, and he stayed, and he did. Just a beautiful picture here of reconciliation, of uh, racial reconciliation, of bringing races and uh, uh ethnicities and different people groups together jesus building bridges and because of his words many more became believers they're gonna be samaritans in heaven man <laughs> and they're gonna be some samaritans in heaven they said to the woman we no longer believe just because of what you said now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world wow <laughs> Yes, they know he's the savior of the world. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Now, Jesus himself had appointed had pointed out that a prophet uh, has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had 
seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more, he visited Cana. Remember, that's where the wedding was, where he watered the wine, in Cana and Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose, name, whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. It's, it's busy being Jesus, man. You always, man, bringing new life to Samaria, raising a, a, a son of a royal official who's near death, raising him back to life. Then Jesus, uh, then the man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that this boy was living. So Jesus just says the word. The man goes back to check on his son. And while the man's going to check on his son, his servants meet him halfway. And like, your, your son's doing great. He just, he was healed. When he inquired as to the time when the son, his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father realized that this was the exact time. Hmm. The exact time at which Jesus has said to him, your son will live. Man, Jesus is in control, man. Jesus says it, it happens. <laughs> and it happens right when he says it. So, so he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. Hmm. John is a sequence of seven signs, by the way. There's uh, seven different signs throughout the miracles throughout the the um, uh, the book of John and so uh, the water into wine is one uh, here is the uh, the healing of the royal official's son so, wow good word today man thank you guys so much for being on let's uh, uh let's pray Lord thank you so much for your holy word thank you for uh, this powerful story um, recorded for us in the life of Jesus of the woman at the well and Jesus, Jesus's interaction with her. Lord, thank you to, that you come to our lives and you come into our circumstances and uh, you give us new life, give us hope. Thank you that you, you know everything about us and you love us. Thank you, thank you for the time in our lives that, um, that we met Jesus, that we met your son. And uh, Lord, we pray that we would be a, a good witness of his, that we would tell the story of how uh, you, Lord, have changed our lives and how you've changed our lives through Jesus. And um, Lord, may, uh, may we see the harvest that is plentiful, all the Samaritans, as it were, that are all around us. That, that was us, Lord. That was us. That's That once was us. And you told us everything about our lives. And you truly are the Savior of the world. God, I pray your blessing upon my friends today, whatever they have going on, whatever special need they have, whatever special measure of grace they need. Uh, Lord, I just agree with them right now and pray that you would grant it. Give them courage, give them strength, give them insight, give them creativity, give them uh, joy today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, spending some time in God's Word. I hope you have a fantastic Thursday. Be sure to read John 5 on your own sometime between now and Monday. And on Monday, we'll be back uh, jumping over to Mark chapter 3 on Monday. Um, but 
Oh, and by the way, if you follow the uh, if you follow the Facebook page, I'll post the uh, next week's readings over the weekend, so you'll have those. You'll know what we'll be reading the next week. Uh, but yep, read John chapter five sometime over the weekend, and then we'll be back with John, with Mark chapter three on Monday. Thank you guys for liking, subscribing, sharing, all those awesome things. Help spread the word about the podcast. I really appreciate that. Thanks for leaving a comment. If you're listening to the podcast on, on Apple or uh, one of the other providers where you can leave a comment, thank you for taking time to do that. You guys have a fantastic Friday tomorrow and the weekend. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.